If you would please turn to Genesis chapter 4. Excuse me. I want to begin to read in verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought her the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought her the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But in Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very raw, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou raw, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt not, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Now art thou cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. As I read these verses, I was reading this this past week and studying, where as a preacher, you stand to preach the word of God, and the Bible says that he would hold us accountable for every word that we preach, that we are uh, accountable to those that's under us. And the blood of those that sit under you and under your teaching, under your preaching, uh, the Lord will require at thy hand. In other words, if you take the Word of God and, and you warn people and they go against your warning, uh, against the Bible's warning, then their blood is on their hands. But if you fail to warn them, then their blood is on your hands. And that's the reason that I want to stick to preaching the Word of God. I listen to a lot of these preachers nowadays, and they, they don't stick to the Word of God. They preach everything else in the world. But the Word of God is what works, and it works on our minds and hearts. Now, there are at least two places in Scripture that teach the blood speaking. One is here in Genesis 4, verses 1 through 12 the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel speaks of sin and guilt. The blood of Abel speaks to every heart that we are all sinners. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, For all of sin comes short to the glory of God. In this first case of blood speaking, Genesis 4.1-12, we are the first two sons of Adam and Eve, the first parents of the world. Now notice some things about these two sons. Both had the same parents. Both taught the same worship order before God. Both knew to bring an offering to God. One made the right choice, the offering, or pleasing God. The other deliberately or disobeyed God. One chose life of a sinner. The other chose a life of righteousness getting his sins forgiven. I was listening to a man one day and he was talking about 
uh, one brother knew to do right and the other one didn't. No, he didn't. Both of them knew to do right because they were both taught to worship. The difference is one chose to worship right, the other one chose not to worship right. And God told them what to worship, how to worship. When Cain slew Abel and spilled his blood, God knew it and took note of it. Now Hebrews 12 and verse 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Christ Jesus, our Lord's blood, shed on the cross of Calvary, speaks of better things than sin and guilt. Number one, Christ's blood speaks of love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, greater love has no man than this than He laid down His life for a friend. Jesus calls us friends who accepts His blood for the remission of our sins. Now, here's what I'm talking about. In the case of Cain and Abel, uh, that blood spoke of sin and uh, uh, the payment of sin and guilt. The blood of Jesus Christ speaks of paying for our sins. Christ's blood speaks of eternal purpose. Revelation 13. If you'll turn there with me, I'd like to read a few verses in Revelation. In Revelation 13 for just a second. Look with me, please, in verse... Revelation 13 in verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, watch this, please. The purpose of Christ's blood being shed on the cross was that all people from the foundation of the earth who believe might have their names written down in the Lamb book of life. Now, not be deceived by Satan and Antichrist, that they should go to heaven with Christ our Lord. And the one way that I know that I'm going to heaven because I applied the blood to my sins. Now, that's the shedding of Jesus' blood. That gives us eternal purpose, not just for a period of time. That's why I know I have eternal life, because the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed me all my sin. I have eternal life. Christ's blood speaks of suffering. Revelation chapter 5, and look with me please in verse 9. Revelation chapter 5, and uh, verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation. What this is speaking about, Christ suffered more than any man. Uh, he was beaten with a cat of nine tails, a whip. Uh, his beard was plucked out by the roots. You think about it, the Bible says they plucked his beard out. Uh, he, he was slapped in the face by 100 so, uh, Roman soldiers, a legion, the Bible says, of soldiers, that's 100. Had he, they had he, he had also to carry his own cross. All for our sins. You think about it. He didn't do all that for his sins. He had none. He did that for mine and your sins. Christ's blood speaks of substitution. 
In John 1, 29, says the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, if we get our just rewards, we'd have to die and go to hell and be burning in hell forever and ever. But Jesus died for us. Jesus took our sin in his body on Calvary that we might have everlasting life. Again, uh, one of the ways that I know I'm saved is because I know that Jesus took my place. Amen? And he's my substitute. Somebody has to die for my sins. And praise God, I don't have to die. Jesus died for me. Jesus' blood speaks of redemption. That means release by paying a ransom price. Colossians 1 verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The only way you and I can ever be forgiven our sins is through the blood of Jesus Christ. God the Father says to whosoever claims the blood of Christ, uh, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Uh, I use it and other people use it. When we're trying to lead somebody to Christ, we come we say to them, if you could go to heaven's door, and Jesus was to say to you, why shall I let you into my heaven? What's your answer going to be? One, the, answer, the only answer that I know of is given in the Bible is you're covered by the blood. And if you're covered by the blood, he's going to say, well, come on. Because the blood speaketh of his forgiveness. Christ's blood speaks of cleansing. First John chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, his blood cleanses us from all sin. We need daily cleansing for our sins. Well, I'm saved by, uh, for eternal life in heaven. That's true. The first time I ever accepted Christ, I mean the first time that I accepted Christ by faith, when I was 26 years old, I saved my soul for eternity. But I need cleansing every day. I need what is called a fellowship with God every day. And let me tell you something. Your sins separate you from your God. And you got to be cleansed every day. And uh, fresh and anew in the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. I plead the blood before the devil every day. When he comes visiting me, I said, I plead the blood of Christ on him every time. And the Bible says he can't stay there. Amen. That's victory. That's the cleansing power of the blood. Christ's blood speaks of liberty. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. There was a time I could not approach the throne of God because of my sin. And I say S-I-N question. Not because of my sins, but because of my sin question. I, I laugh at people, they talk about praying. I, I listened to Pelosi the other day, and I guess I ought not to say things like this, but I just love to say it. Uh, I listened to Pelosi the other day, she said, I pray. And she was talking about how she prayed for everybody. I said to myself, her prayers get about as high as that carpet down there. And because uh, I listen to her on everything else, and her heart is not right with God. And I got news for you. If she's still in her sins, and if anybody else is still in their sins, you can't approach the throne room of God. Yeah. Amen? you got to be covered by the blood. And when you're covered by the blood, then the Bible says you're welcome to come to the throne room of God. You know why I love to pray? Because every time I pray, the Bible says I'm approaching God's throne room. 
I mean, just as though if God was sitting on His throne right here and I went in before Him right now physically, my prayers go there right now, right before His throne. Why? Because I've been saved by the blood. But if you're not saved by the blood, you can pray and you can talk all you want to say you're talking in God's name. No, you're not. Because you can't even approach the throne room of God without the blood being on you. And notice this. I like this part. We, we as Christians that have the blood on us, the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of God. Isn't that something? Coming boldly. Oh, wait a minute. Do you realize where you're going? I mean, when you, when you talk about praying, when you talk about approaching the throne of God, Almighty God, the God that could just snuff you out in just a second, just speak the Word, and you wouldn't even exist. And yet the Bible said we can boldly approach His throne. Why? Because God don't see us. He sees the blood. He sees His Son. He sees and we come through Him. I believe this with all my soul. I can approach the throne room of God and God looks through the blood and I become as white as snow, the Bible said. I become, He kissed all my sins in the depths of sea and they never look upon Him. Who's He looking at when I approach the throne? His Son and His Son's blood and I come boldly and I can talk to Him. You know, isn't it strange what people think about prayer and approaching God? You know, some of the, have you ever watched some of these characters that they show on the newsreels on TV every once in a while, and they take whips, and they crawl up this mountain down in South America, and they whip the back, and they get the blood, and they're whipping themselves, and they say that they're chasing themselves of the, of the sins, and they're crawling up a mountain to, to worship before an idol. And you think about it for just a minute. I don't have to cry and moan and groan and beat myself to come before the throne of God. I come boldly. You know what it means? I'm welcome. I'm welcome. He, he welcomes you and I only because the blood has been shed upon our sins. Again, Colossians 1, verse 20, if you'll turn there for just a minute, uh, Christ's blood speaks of peace. Now, I just love peace, and especially peace with God. If you look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, verse 20, And having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself by Him, I say, whether there be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If we continue in the truth, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Now here's what I'm saying. Did you remember, do you remember when you used to be afraid of God? I do. Before I got saved, brother, I was afraid of God. I mean, I remember lightning struck close to me one time, and I, I hunted a place to hide. And I thought God was after me. And my daddy always taught me, you remember something, son. God's always got an eye on you. He's watching over you. And the old holiness preachers used to preach sermons like uh, God's waiting with a big club up there and you make one mistake and He's going to whoop you over the head with it. And God's after you. 
And then when I got saved, I realized I got peace with God. A perfect peace. You know what I can do now? Right in the middle of everything that's going on, I can lay my head down and go to sleep. My wife says, yeah, you sit down there, eat a chair of yours now, and you go sound asleep. And I do. Amen. I love it. I mean, isn't it something that we can just... I know a lot of people can't do that. I really do. I know people that can't even sleep. They have trouble laying their head down and going to sleep. Man, you let me be still a minute, I'm asleep. Why? I got peace. And I got peace with God. I'm not afraid if I die in my sleep uh, where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Amen? That's peace. And that's all through the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ's blood speaks of heaven. Listen, Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. I want to read again in verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence cometh that they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came not, uh, came out of great tribulation. And I washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Isn't it something I know I'm going to heaven? You know how I know I'm going to heaven? Because of the blood applied to me. And the Bible says that everyone that has the blood applied, that's assurance of heaven. Don't worry about it. I know where I'm going when I die. I'm going to heaven by the blood of the Lamb. Now, I said all that to get to something. Isn't it strange to you what people call preaching today and sermons today? I got in my library. I got book after book, commentary after commentary, and I read behind some of these guys, and they talk about everything in the world. One of the famous preachers that I used to have, listen to all the time, and uh, what a great church he had. I got a, a whole big book of his, that thick, that big, and I read every sermon for one year he preached in his pulpit. Now listen to me. One whole year he preached in his pulpit. One year, not one time did I mention. Did he ever mention the blood of Jesus Christ? Not one time did he preach salvation through Christ Jesus. You know what he talked about? He always talked about his mama, and he talked about his daddy dying. He talked about everything in the world, and never talked about the blood of Jesus Christ for a whole year in his pulpit. Me and I was <clears throat> invited to one of my uh, men that I knew years ago to a church not far from here uh, to a wedding. And I never will forget, I, I went in respect to the man that asked me to go. I knew what they believed, or some of what they believed, and I knew this is going to be a mess. But i got to go see what it's going to be like. And I never will forget it as long as I live. Uh, here they had a, the, the service and everything. And the guy's up here and there's a square table up there. That's supposed to be the pastor. And he started drinking wine and taking a wafer and he'd take them over on his car and he went all four parts of that table. And each time, and by the time he got around to seeing what he's going to say, he was half drunk. And I never will forget. You know what he talked about? He talked about some peanut butter he eat on the way to church. And a peanut butter sandwich. And that was it. And he said, I now pronounce you man and wife. And everybody got up and left. 
And I thought to myself, for crying out loud, looked like he would have said something from the Word of God. He said something about the Lord Jesus. He said something about getting married, a little bit of what the responsibility is. No. You know what he was doing? He, he got all confused up here in his brain. He never even got to the subject. And what we do sometimes, you don't study the Word of God and realize that if you don't preach the blood, you ain't preaching at all. I don't care where you're at. If it's in church, or in Sunday school, if it's at a wedding, if it's a funeral, if you ain't preaching the blood, you're preaching nothing. You know why I love to preach a funeral of a saved person? I can go out down by the graveside and I can stand there with somebody that their friend or their loved one's there and, and that body's laying there in the casket and I can say without a doubt, they're not here. Have some body present for the Lord. And if you're washed by the blood, don't worry about them. You better worry about yourself. Amen. And and, and, and that's that's a joy of being able to preach a funeral or a wedding. Did you know you can preach a wedding and still preach the blood of Jesus Christ? Did you know that a wife is supposed to obey her husband and the husband is supposed to take care of his wife? And I never will forget having a man and a woman sitting in my office fixing to get married and I was counseling with them. And I said, now look, I got the way that I do a, a, a wedding is that you have to agree to these things. And I, I went through it with a man. I said, now you've got to honor your wife, honor her, and take care of her as long as you live. You've got to take care of her. Are you willing to do that? Yes, I am. I turned to her and I said, now you've got to obey her in the Lord in all things. She said, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to do that. I ain't obeying him. I said, then get up and leave. Because I'm not doing your wedding because your wedding is not going to last. And I and she, I said, wait a minute. Before you go, you want to see where that's found at? <coughs> I got over in the book of Ephesians. And the Bible says that a man is supposed to love his wife as the Lord loved his church. He gave an illustration there. As he loved it. And so you get you get to talking about a wedding to some men, and they say, "You tell them, preacher. You tell her she's supposed to obey me. She's supposed to do everything I'm supposed to. I told her to do. Ain't that right, preacher?" I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, let's deal with you first, because you're the head of the house. Amen. And what you're supposed to do first is love her as your own body." And love her as the church, Christ loved the church, and in doing so, then she will want to love you, and will want to do what you ask her to do if you treat her right. So it begins with you, buddy. Now wait a minute. You can't do without the, the blood of Christ. In now, I believe this with all my soul. A man cannot love his wife like he ought to unless he's been washed in the blood. A woman cannot marry, cannot love her husband like she ought to unless she's been washed in the blood. That's why that the Bible plainly says, "Don't marry an unsaved person." See, you can preach a sermon, you can preach a funeral, you can't do it with the blood. Have assurance. You can preach a wedding and have a great wedding and still have the blood of Christ in it. You can sing a song about the blood of Jesus Christ. And redemption through the blood. Everything in worship service has to begin with the blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from our sin. Amen. And without that, you're doing nothing but passing time. And if there's one thing I do not want to do is stand in the pulpit and just pass a period of time 
uh, 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 saying some words. I want it to mean something. I want something to happen. And, and every time, it, it, I want to mention the blood of Christ. Amen. Because it's what makes it work. Father, will you bless the study of thy word today? Bless the coming hour. In Jesus' name we pray.